0: Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m.
1: So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship
2: to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at (laughs) gmail.com.
0: Everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil, and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 39. Uh, first off, we want to start off today by telling everybody Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! It's our first pod of 2019 because we actually snuck in that last one right on the last day of 2018. So, uh, for Aquaman, which has had a really good um run right now. So, thanks guys for the listens on that. We appreciate it. you all, definitely. Um, how's everybody feeling here today?
2: I'm a little under the weather. i got a little sore throat.
1: I'm sorry. (laughs) I I got you sick, probably. I'm feeling a lot better. My nose is a little sniffly, but I feel a lot better.
0: Yeah, we're actually recording this a week after our last one, so it's kind of a quicker turnaround on this one because I wanted to get our top 10 films of 2018 out. So we'll be, just like last year, we do our two honorable mentions, followed by our top picks. And the way that we kind of do our formatting on this one is um, whoever has the highest number, by which I mean the lowest number, I guess. So like one, one is the technically their number one. And if one of ours correlates to that, for instance, Nabil has a number two and mine's at number eight. We talk at two about it on like a number two. It James, what if I have it me at me. one and a half? He's <laughs> like, how do we calculate this? <laughs> it makes more sense as we go along. You, you'll you hear. But yeah. Um, yeah, what did you guys think of films in 2018 overall?
2: i I thought it was actually really good, solid there was a year, lot right? of honestly, when I was going through the picks, there wasn't anything that like crazy stood out to me. There was only a handful of films did, but yeah. they it's because they were all just so good. They were really solid films.
0: I have to say, I think it was better than 2017.
2: yeah, there was I will tell you, there weren't as many good art house films uh, I know there were a few that stood out in the, uh, I haven't seen them all and I know you guys saw quite a few. But um, I feel like there's just a lot more in 2017 than there were in 2018.
0: I agree on that. I mean, there's a lot I still didn't catch, too. And I mean, there's still going to be movies we're going to be catching up on, especially with Oscar season, I mean, about a month and a half from
1: now. I think that was my issue with, with coming up with my list, because when I was going through all the movies that came out, there were quite a number of movies that I hadn't seen. It made it kind of tough for me to make my list. Like, I could really easily reduce my list down to, like, a top five. So I'd, I'd say this year probably had a lot of good movies, a lot better, a lot more selections than last year. But I just didn't catch all of them like I wanted to.
0: Yeah. I mean, I missed out on a lot. I still want to see like Green Book. Yeah. I need to see Roma on Netflix. I want to still catch The Favorite. Same. If Bill Street Could Talk. I mean, that's a lot of these. Some of these are still limited release. And a lot of them, like I said, because they're going to be quote unquote kind of Oscar bait, I think uh, we're going to see a lot of them probably in the coming month the, in, or two.
1: So there are even some ones. that are already out for rental that I didn't get to see, like mid 90s, uh, eighth grade. Yeah,
0: uh, I just rented eighth grade. So, I mean, I'll have that done too. Uh, I didn't get to catch Crazy Rich Asians. And I know you like that one a lot too. Yeah, That's so.
1: yeah, another one I want to watch too. Yeah. So, uh,
0: without further ado, guys, let's go ahead and start our top 10 films of 2018.
1: Hey, kid. I'm putting together a crew.
0: We're gonna form a super duper crew. This would be something dangerous and very exciting. The danger's what makes it fun. It'll be an adventure. What could go wrong?
1: Why do you need to do this?
0: Because no one thinks we have the balls to pull this off.
1: Oh, sorry. Good luck. God, I'm so screwed. Maybe you just need someone watching back, like a partner. <laughs> uh, thank you. So
0: we're going to do this thing or what? I mean, is this happening?
1: That's yes.
2: Let's go save the world. I like your plan, except it sucks, so let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good.
0: Wow. So just to start it off here, guys, let's go over, we'll do the honorable mentions. Yeah. And so I think that's going to be something we're going to start with here. So let me just start with one of them here. We'll go start from here, go clockwise. So now you guys know how we sit. So (laughs) basically. Or do they? Or do they? What if they can't tell time? so we got a format too just to make it easy on you if in case you want to go ahead and check these movies out too because just like just like us there's probably quite a few of these that you maybe missed or are interested and it sometimes it helps knowing the full title maybe the director maybe when it came out maybe not who knows <laughs> so my first one guys is the horror film Halloween
2: everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year yeah I mean your grandmother is Laurie Strode she was almost murdered.
1: Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters?
2: No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray
0: every night that he would escape? Who the hell
2: did you do that for?
0: So I can kill him. So this is directed by David Gordon Green. This came out on October 19th, 19th, sorry. And this stars Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Judy Greer, and Andy Matichak. So this is about Michael Myers coming back uh, four decades later, basically, to the sequel to the original one. We did a podcast on it. So if you guys are interested on a more in-depth kind of um, review of it all, just check out
1: our podcast, a couple of podcasts back.
2: And this is also um, Marco's honorable mention.
1: Yeah, this yes, is actually going to be mine, too. So I'm going to just chime in on uh, when James starts talking about it, which yeah. is now. So basically, the reason why this is an honorable mention, because w- we have so
0: many of these to go through, we're going to try to keep it at a decent length here is basically I enjoyed this one quite a bit as a horror fan. Um, I'm more, I think into Friday the 13th as corny as that sounds.
2: But you did go on a slasher binge, so I hope you figured out which
0: ones you like. Yeah, that I've seen all those, you all the Friday, Friday the 13th, seen all the nightmare on Elm street, um, I'm working on all the Halloween, but it's almost like because all the canon got erased now, I'm like, do I need to? But then like deep down inside, I'm like, yeah, I should probably check it out. <laughs> but this had a good blend of, I mean, just look at a review. It's still true to now. its It's got a really good blend of story in this one. It's really vicious. I like how Michael Myers is portrayed. And it didn't make the top 10 for me, though, because I felt like there was just not quite there as opposed to the top 10. But I mean, it's close. Right. It's a solid horror film.
1: I'd highly recommend yeah, I agree with everything that James said, and I actually am new to the Halloween franchise. I actually had never seen a Holly, uh, Hollywood movie, a Halloween movie. I was like, Mike, the wrong God. podcaster. James but. actually gifted the first Halloween movie to oh, me. Oh, yeah. I forgot I've, you had never seen the first one. No, I'd, I'd never seen it. I've only heard of the franchise, and I mean, I've seen clips here and there, but you know, I and never I, sat and down and actually And you, you definitely it. knew who Mike Myers was, I'm assuming. Yeah. I was, like you, I was more of a Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street fan. So, I'd I just, seen those movies me, quite a number of times. For I, me, I
0: just think those films are kind of, quote unquote, more fun, I guess. Yeah. Because, yeah, I exactly. mean, they're aware they're campy. And the Mike Meyer films try to s- tend to stick to kind of more of a uh, disturbing, like, true horror kind of aspect yeah, of it. Yeah,
1: it, it's more to akin akin to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where it's, like, stuff that could really happen. I mean, of yeah. course, they, they change things around with Mike Myers here and there, and... Uh, at least with the old franchise, they made it kind of oh, it supernatural. Gets, it gets really
0: weird, yeah. Yeah,
1: but it's like there could be some psycho guy that just puts on a mask and goes out stabbing people. So that's no. one of the things that I appreciated about the the sequel, too, is how true it stayed to the original series, or at least the the original one. Uh, having a Jamie Lee Curtis reprise her role and... The, that was the, cool, too, yeah. Yeah, and the way that her character grew... I appreciated it too. They they brought back Agreed. Nick Castle as the shape, which is awesome to kind of yeah, let cool. him portray Mike Myers again. But like you, James, it almost made my top ten list. Uh there's reasons why it didn't make my list, and I'll mention those later on in the pod. Because yeah. I don't want my other list to be to be spoiled. But yeah. It was it was a tough decision. Like I said, there were there were a few movies uh that I didn't get to see, and so I had a lot of the same genres in my list, and I had to purge some of it, unfortunately, and this one was one of the ones yeah. I had to get rid of. But no, I, I, still, I solid agree. movie. I recommend it. Definitely. Uh, what about you, Nubo?
2: Well, uh, my first honorable mention um, is actually on a little higher on the list for some other people, so won't have that. But my second honorable mention is actually uh, Instant Family.
1: There's so many kids in foster care, and they're having an orientation. Allie,
0: people who take in foster kids are really special. The kind of people who volunteer when it's not even a holiday. We don't even volunteer on a
1: holiday.
2: That came out on uh, November eighteenth, uh, directed by Sean Anders, and it actually stars Mark Wahlberg, Rose Byrne, and Isabella Monner. Uh, General synopsis: A couple find themselves in, o- in over their heads when they foster three children, and that's that's really it. Like, uh, when I saw it, I thought it was going to be uh, a comedy. And um, more of a drama. It is much more of a drama, and it was a very good drama. You, Mark Wahlberg, um, this, and this is why it's actually on my honorable mention is that Mark Wahlberg is surprisingly an actually good actor. He just gets he's hit or, given, I think he's hit or miss. He, it's just he's just Mark Wahlberg. In he's all his not films. always he trying to plays, say hi to your mother, too. Right? He's <laughs> it's just what role he's given. Whoa. But he actually can do pretty well if you give him some like like in this case a, a good drama. He still kind of plays this, like he's like this hey, almost. Hey, made hey, my hey,
0: <laughs> yeah, this almost made my list. It was one of the movies that was on like my final like top fifteen in a yeah. way, and I was like, damn it. But I was I like this one a lot too, though. It's a very touching story. And, oh yeah, and it seems
2: very grounded too, and it's based off a true story off of the director Sean Anders' um, personal experience of uh, fostering children, um, and it just kind of really gave a good insight towards how that whole system works and what you have to go through and, and having to create a family of your own um, you know very suddenly. So um, I, I definitely think it's worth a watch. Um, not, but, but again, there were there were a lot of good films it was hard to put
0: out of the top 10, but definitely wanted to give it a shout out. Yeah, definitely that's a good one. My other honorable mention for my second one was the Transformers film Bumblebee. I'm Charlie Watson. I'm 18. Today, actually. Is the Beetle for sale?
2: Pure yours, kid. Happy
1: birthday.
0: So, this is directed by Travis Knight. Uh, this was uh, released on December 21st. It stars Haley Steinfeld as Charlie, and uh, basically it's set in 1987. Bumblebee's found by a lonely young lady, Haley Steinfeld. So... Uh, I talked about this on the last pod, guys. This movie, I thought, was, like I said, is the best Transformer film that's come out. I think it's rated I the agree. best, I think is what you said, too. Yeah, highest rated one. It's so like 94%, 97%. Um, good action, good story. It actually pulls you in. You actually feel for Bumblebee for once, unlike how Michael Bay kind of treated them all was just like, these are just machines. You
1: actually feel for the characters for once in general in this movie. Yes. And I'm just chiming in because I recently saw this movie over the weekend and I absolutely loved it too. Yeah. I like the 80s vibe of everything as well.
0: Um, The reason why it probably wouldn't have made my top 10 is just, I think the caliber of the top 10 films is just a little bit above it. Much like um, everything else that we're going to be talking about. It just didn't quite make the cut for me. But it's definitely a film that I think is being underappreciated, and because, like I said last week, there's a kind of a Transformers fatigue going on, and I don't think that's something that people quite get over because they just probably assume it's the same kind of song and dance. So yeah. it's kind of cool to see a different take on it, especially Travis Knight. Like I said, is a uh, he did Kubo and the Two Strings, which right. is a super really good, well done stop motion and slash animated kind of film. So um, I hope they. I hope it gets a sequel, like I said. And I hope so, cool. too. Because, I mean, if anything, Haley Steinville's character is very likable. And expanding on her relationship with the Transformers franchise and kind of this doing this kind of like a soft reboot would be really cool to see, too. I mean,
1: yeah. just the fact that they actually portray the Transformers the way people wanted to see them in, in their Generation 1 form, it gave the story more depth, which I appreciated. Uh, and, and that well with the development of the characters. And that went hand in hand. And yeah. I agree with you, James, where I feel the top 10 movies deserve, like, just two, a little more. Yeah, a little yeah. more. But it's definitely I was like, one that. How dare me put, put yeah. Transformers. <laughs> my God, right? But I, I do agree. It's, it's great. It's a, it's a fun film. I do recommend it also. Just check it out.
2: Okay, so going on to number 10. My number 10 was Avengers Infinity
0: War.
1: In time.
2: And that was directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. Uh, of course, came out on April twenty seventh, uh, starring Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, and a plethora of other people that don't need to be named. But you know, check our everybody. podcast it. Yeah. 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 He, to yeah. <laughs> um, if you don't know what the synopsis is, the Avengers uh, and their allies must be willing to sacrifice all in an attempt to defeat the powerful Thanos before his blitz of devastation and ruin puts an end to the universe. My God. And I will tell you. I'm the only one who has Avengers on this list, um, and I find that a little surprising. Not necessarily. I'll tell you why. I will. Same. I will tell you. It was difficult for me to keep it on the list. That's why it's, you know, so far away from number one. It's on number ten. But I, and, and my thought process was that I actually truly enjoyed it, and it was a good payoff from watching all you know going ten years to this Marvel uh, cinematic universe, finally being able to see this come to fruition, and then the bad guy, Spoilers alert. If you don't know, the bad guys lose. Uh, oh, good guys lose. I'm sorry. And I thought it was like just a really good payoff. It was a very fun to me uh, watching from start to finish. And I kind of enjoyed a lot of um, of kind of seeing all the characters put together into one big epic
1: uh, movie. It was tough for me not to add this movie onto the list because I agree with what you said, Nabil, about the build up to this movie. It's 10 fucking years in the making of leading up to this specific event. But uh, man, I like James mentioned it earlier. At some point, I had like a, a bunch of comic book movies on here because Fine. I I enjoy them. You know, I'm I'm personally biased towards leaning towards a uh, a comic book movie because I'm a nerd, so <laughs> I like them. I'm not gonna lie. But I ultimately chose other movies that I felt um, would differentiate my list, and there is a comic book movie on my list, and you'll just have to see what it is. But I did enjoy Infinity War. I thought it was a great movie. Okay. I know some people had mixed reviews about it, but I think that the fact that, like, spoiler alert, the, the good guys lose, I think is something great. It doesn't happen as often in a comic book movie, and it makes the stakes higher for the remainder of the series. Sure. So, yeah. I think for me, it wasn't hard not to keep... I wasn't, This
0: didn't even make my initial cut of movies. I've, I've always found sense. that this film is... um a bridge to future films. And I mean, the fact that they've already announced all these other ones, it took away for, a lot for me on these. So, and I mean, like we said, we our our superhero reviews actually do really well for us on the podcast. A little spoiler for everyone there. Hmm. A little behind the scenes. They track really well with our listens. Uh, we usually get a lot, like Aquaman is doing incredibly well right now. Um, So that means obviously you guys like hearing us talk about <laughs> superhero films, which it's funny because a lot of times I'm always like, What's our next one? And I'm like, oh, we gotta stay away from. Some super We've done like four in a row, <laughs> but hey, I mean, maybe that's what you guys like. So I mean, we just roll with it. Yeah, but fun, my whole thing do. is, oh no, they're they're fun because they're easy too, um, because we like them. Like you said, we're nerds. Um was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know what you're saying. The, there were so many different ones that I didn't think that it, it beat out any of the other superhero films like Spider-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp I thought was even better than this I and don't. Black Panther mm. I thought was way better. So. Yeah, Black Panther
1: definitely. I agree with that. It's
0: just one of those movies where it just didn't do it for me. Some Good
1: points you
2: guys have.
0: Um, I will say...
2: For um, Marco and James' is number 10, their numbers are actually ranked higher into some other person's, so they won't have anything to add for the rank. number yeah. 10 right now.
0: Nabil doesn't like us here, so sorry, guys. And actually, even number 9 coming up, I believe we don't have anything yeah. coming up as well.
2: And so for rank 9, everybody's um <laughs> is a little higher for someone else. Yeah. So we're going to skip on from 9, and we're going to go on to number 8.
1: Okay, so... We're gonna go on to my number eight, and my number eight movie is First Man. First Man to Walk on the Moon. That'd be something.
2: We've chosen a job so difficult, requiring so many technological developments. We're gonna have to start from scratch.
1: And First Man is a historical drama directed by Damien Chazelle, uh, which was released October 12th of last year. God, I almost said this year, but we're in 2019, guys. Mm-hmm. This movie's from 2018. And it stars Ryan Gosling as Neil Armstrong, Claire Foy as Janet Armstrong, and Jason Clarke as Ed White. And if it hasn't been spoiled by the names in the cast, then I'll just reiterate that it's basically about uh, Neil Armstrong and uh, the legendary space flight to the first landing of the moon. And what I, I recently just saw this movie as well, and part of the reason that I appreciated the movie is because as much as we talk about the landings of the moon in school or whether in passing through conversation i didn't really know much about what led to it and yeah you can't trust a biographical movie 100 percent. but the events or at least most of the main events were kept true to the 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 real events that occurred and i thought that it was well done well paced um despite the fact that there's not much action but when something does happen it does leave you on the edge of your seat Ryan Gosling, as I mentioned before in a previous pod, was just outstanding in his performance as Neil Armstrong. Claire Foy, as a supporting actress, as his wife, I think also did a, a remarkable job. And I didn't really mention much about Jason Clarke last time, but he plays Ed White, who, spoiler for the movie, and if you want to skip ahead a couple couple minutes, he was actually um, one of the casualties leading up to the, the final space Space mission leading to the moon, Uh, his uh, capsule, unfortunately, exploded. And it's something that I never knew happened in the history of of these uh, missions. So I thought that it left a powerful message as far as what sacrifices had to happen in order to in order for us to achieve that great accomplishment. So plus the cinematography, again, was fantastic.
0: Yeah. So this is my number nine. Uh, that's why I didn't. That's why none of us talked about number nine real quick. So this was mine. Um, I agree with uh, Marco on this one. Uh, the experience of this movie, seeing it in the cinema, it was one of those films that, like, for a movie, there's certain movies that it doesn't matter if you see it in the cinema compared to your house or your phone. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. I mean, true cinephiles would be like, "What your phone? Huh. Movies? What?" But this is a movie that seeing it on the big screen, especially in IMAX, because it was specially formatted for IMAX as well was one of the most enjoyable theater times I had of 2018 hands down because of the added like presence of especially the lunar landing sequences are all done like that where it's expanded and even the sequences where they are testing the rockets and such gives you like a bigger expansiveness of like what's going on really immerses you. I think they did an excellent job in that. I have to give it to Damien Chazelle to once again, utilizing Ryan Gosling to the max. And yeah. it's just one of those things where he really embodies the character, and it's something that, truthfully, I don't think Ryan Gosling gets enough like credit a lot of times for his roles, especially. So it's just it's a refreshing take on kind of the Paul missions. Like like Mark was saying, we all know about him, but the history leading into it is something that I think that a lot of people don't realize the sacrifice that happened, and that plus the cinematography and the really tense sequences is why. This made like uh, my top 10 at number nine.
2: Okay. Um, my number eight was Crazy Rich Asians.
1: Right. We've been dating for over a year now, and I think it's about time people met my beautiful girlfriend. What about us taking an adventure? Like Queens? Singapore. Colin's wedding. Don't you want to be no. my family? I hardly know anything about them. Every time
2: I bring them up, it changes the subject. Maybe his parents are poor and he has to send them money. we take a bag and get you checked into perspective can't afford this. So your family is rich? We're comfortable. And that's directed by John Chu. Uh, It came out on uh, August 15th, uh, starring Constance Wu, Henry Golding, Michelle Yeoh. Um, And it's about this contemporary romantic comedy. It's based on actually a book. It's it's actually a bestseller. And following the native New York Rachel Chu to Singapore to meet her boyfriend's family. Um, And I have it on here because It was different from what I saw um, in uh, 2018. And 2018 had a lot of diversity, a lot of diverse films, a lot of, you know, um, multicultural films. They had a lot of films starring women. Um, So it it was just different from what you usually see. But I've never seen a film that was primarily just asian and really embracing it it wasn't like just an asian america in american integrating with other people it's about asians asian culture and it was funny aquafina i'd never heard of her uh well yes you I have actually that, but <laughs> <laughs> don't lie and she sir. was in oceans nine but that's a whole or eight, eight oh my god he's making is. up his own <laughs> movies so they're, they're gonna probably make a nine because of this now um but Aquafina was hilarious in this film Rachel uh, you was uh, or Constance Wu I'm sorry was uh, hilarious too just the whole premise about it and how seriously he took things it was just really well done I think and the, there was a twist at the end which it, I don't think the film was completely predictable when, when they kind of how they ended it and I don't want to spoil it because I know the guys want to see it and they haven't seen it yet but um, I, I kind yeah, of enjoyed... have
0: rented. it's one of the, those ones I'm yeah, like I, oh, God, I gotta see this I kind of enjoyed
2: Same. how they ended, ended that film because it was just not what you were going to expect was going to happen and so over Overall, just I'd watch it again. I'm sure I'm looking forward to them making the sequel. Um, hopefully, that comes up next year. Um, so it's gonna it's it's definitely one of my more memorable films for 2018.
0: All right, so we're gonna move on now to our number seven picks, which I'm gonna start off with Solo: A Star Wars Story.
1: Heard about a job, big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Um. Well, what do you know?
0: So, this is directed by Ron Howard. This was released on May 25th. Stars Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo, Woody Harrelson as Beckett, Amelia Clark as Kira, and Donald Glover as Lando. So, it's a prequel story about Han Solo. Check out our podcast if you want to learn more about that. So, the reason why I have this as number seven on my list here. Is, I believe most people know that I was not a big fan of 2017 Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Both of us weren't.
2: I think I think you guys were just a little upset by that movie.
0: But you shut your goddamn mouth, <laughs> Bill. No, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> we could have an um, entire
0: podcast about that. Oh, wait, oh, wait we, we, we did. <laughs> so, I felt like this was a return to form to the kind of classics. It didn't do well because of. All the reshoots they had to do when they originally fired Phil Lord and um, the other dude. So what happened, basically, I think a lot of people came into this film not wanting to like this to begin with, kind of questioning why there was a Han Solo film. But you know what? I actually really liked the performances by Out in Reich. I mean, I think the only movie I had seen him before was um, Hail Caesar. Yeah. And I, th- I actually really liked him in that role, too. I did, too. I thought he was really, I mean, that movie in general is a movie that didn't do particularly kind of, yeah. well. Yeah. I watched it because I knew that Alden Aaron Race was going to be solo. Oh, play, really? I uh, didn't even follow. Yeah. At the time, I didn't know. So, But I think the most important thing is Donald Clover, as well, is a perfect Lando Calrissian, oh, I think. Definitely. And easily steals a lot of the scenes. I liked the sense of adventure in this one. I like the story. There's a lot of passion from the people that made this film. Um, I thought Ron Howard kind of salvaged this, too, truthfully, and it still came out. Um, it probably came out a little bit too close to the release of Last Jedi, that probably didn't help as well. Because at this point, they've kind of stopped anything else for the side stories, right? Which I think is kind of a bummer. Because I actually wouldn't mind seeing a sequel to this movie. Because by the end of it, as we were talking about in our podcast, I was like, "This is Han Solo," and I think he did really well. And even, I mean, even Harrison Ford was like, he liked the guy. So I was like, okay.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I love the movie, and I it almost made my list, but unfortunately didn't i had to purge it but i agree with everything you said james i love the movie and i think that you know the creators or the writers really did put a lot into it there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that all the haters don't know about and you should look into that
2: yeah this was my number nine and honestly when i watched it i just remember just enjoying every bit of it like the whole from when they do the car chase scene at the beginning um Mm -hmm. to the little twist at the end, and then the Easter egg as well. Like, all that was just really fun. I it's, thought
0: Nubile was going to be like, when that worm-like creature came out of the water, it like,
2: <laughs> 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 It's just the whole time, like, you were... You'd, they jumped from one set piece to the next set it's piece. It's cool, it right? Fun, it gives you, know, you that sense through. of, like, how... How big of, the world is, too. How yeah. expensive it is, and how... And like... Do I 100% get the motivation of Han Solo being you know from where he was in this film to 19 years later? Not 100%. Because
0: truthfully, there's still more stories. In yeah, there's still yeah. This is supposed film. to be one of three movies, right? Well, it was right. Um, well, you never know yet. Be. Still, they they have not yet announced any other side story, So, but
2: it was, but it was extremely just fun the whole time, and it's like. Uh, James was saying it, it kind of was what you wanted Star Wars to be to begin with you mm-hmm. know so it's an adventure which I mean it's
0: not going to be the popular opinion I guess because a lot of people love to I don't know they like The Last Jedi so I, I yeah, appreciate I like people's opinions Jedi. on it but I mean it's the, not the same kind of film though it's no I mean The Last Jedi is like anymore. a fucking bummer compared to this movie you leave that and like well that sucks I mean don't know where this is going, and then like Solo, I was like, "That was generally so fun." It's more like a yeah. space cowboy film. Exactly like. what they were trying to go for is like a space yeah. western. Yeah, so. my
1: my appreciation for Last Jedi has grown a little bit, but I that Han Solo is definitely fun, and it, and like James had a change back to form. But also, it was always in the plans for the creators to do this movie. Right. Like Kasdan, who did Empire Strikes Back, always wanted to do a solo movie Correct. because he found that character so interesting. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we're moving down to my number seven, which is Blockers. Tonight is the first night of our adult lives. I want to go to prom and lose my goddamn virginity. Prom night. It's kind of perfect. I'm in. Julie left her laptop open. You guys are stepping on our kids. All emojis have a
0: secret meaning.
1: Oh, eggplants are dicks. This is some kind of a dick-related agreement. Maybe they're just saying, hey, you're okay with me. You're okay with me. I mean,
0: maybe. What? Our girls are not thinking things through. I'm going to stop them.
1: I'm in. And Blockers is a comedy directed by Kay Cannon, and it was released on April 6th. It stars Leslie Mann as Lisa, John Cena as Mitchell, and Ike Barinholtz as Hunter. And the gist of the movie is it's basically about three parents who try to stop their daughters from losing their virginity on prom night. And you can even see that in the trailer. But the reason this movie made my number seven is because as I was going through the list of movies from 2018, I came across this one and I had almost forgotten that I saw it last year. (laughs) And I just remembered how much fun I had with it. And how pleasantly surprised I was that I enjoyed it because I went in with really low expectations. The trailers didn't necessarily sell it on me and I thought it was going to be something completely stupid. But all the performances and the characters were fun and enjoyable. I think John Cena was surprisingly funny. Yeah, and definitely. I I think back to the scenes with him and Ike Barinholtz and how hilarious they are with their banter back and forth. Uh, Ike Barinholtz, who had only seen in Suicide Squad b- prior to this, was also really good. His character, which looked one-dimensional in the trailers, actually has a full arc. The uh, the actresses that play the daughters, I think, were great. They were charming. I hope that they get more roles because they actually were actually very talented. I think it's a movie that is also speaking to the modern age. Like, I'm not a parent. I even mentioned this in a previous pod, but my brother is. And I felt that this is something that speaks to his generation of of parenthood because you know I'm I'm pretty close with my family and my nieces and I think that the way the movie deals with uh trust issues between parents and their kids especially now the technology age and even with uh being more open about sexual orientation is a huge conversation and like many many years ago it was like a like taboo to even bring those things up hand in hand but now I think it's something that we're more open and accepting to society, and the movie does a great job at bringing those topics up. So it's fun, it's hilarious, and I—I I mean, if if you're into like raunchy comedies, I think this is something that you may enjoy. Still, you know, it it didn't quite top some of my other movies on this list, and I will explain those when I get to them. But overall, I still recommend it as one of the top movies, at least for me, for 2018.
0: Yeah, it almost made my list. It was on one of my initial ones, too. Um, I, yeah, it's a really good movie. It's a lot much... It's a way more funnier than I thought it was going to be, and it yeah. has a much deeper kind of story. Uh, it's also kind of funny because it's a film that is um, usually portrayed by teenage boys, not teenage girls, so right. it's, it's yeah. cool to see the flip side of it. On this one, it's like it's teenage girls trying to lose their virginity, not a bunch of dudes. So the switch up on that is really cool, too, but...
2: Yeah, t- thousand eighteen. It was really good for R rated movies, but especially R rated com- comedies. There were there was a couple of good ones, and this one particularly like stood out a lot. Yeah, um, just because because like you said, it was it was funny. The actors were really great. They had a lot of good chemistry, but it was also like a little deeper meaning behind it too. And they they just kind of flipped the whole stereotype of how these films go on its head and just said, you know what, we can do the same thing with women. So yeah, sometimes
1: it's hard um, to put a comedy into a, a top ten list, which is why I got two of them in. In my list this year.
2: (laughs) For uh, number six, Marco and James' uh, number sixes are actually higher up on the list for someone else. So um, we're just going to have me, and my number six was Vice.
0: I want you to be my VP. I want you. You're my Vice. Well, George, uh, (laughs) I'm the CEO of a large company. And I have been Secretary of Defense. And I have been... White House chief of staff. The vice-presidency is a mostly symbolic job. Uh However, if we came to a uh, different understanding, I can handle the more mundane jobs overseeing bureaucracy, military,
1: energy, and uh, foreign policy.
2: And that's directed by Adam McKay Um, that came out actually Christmas day, December 25th, starring Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Steve Carell. Uh, It's basically the story of Dick Cheney an unassuming bureaucratic Washington insider who quietly wielded immense power as vice president to George W. Bush, reshaping the country and the globe in ways that we still feel today. This film made me both respect and fear Dick Cheney more than I realized I did before. Uh, and Christian Bale was just phenomenal. Just he was tr- he transformed. What himself. a transformation again, right? Yeah, yeah, just just a whole new person. Unbelievable. So, uh, Amy Adams had a bigger role than I thought she was going to, and she did really well in here. Um, Steve Crow had a smaller role than I didn't thought he was going to have, and he didn't. I did even know he was in the movie. Yeah, it like it's 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 really Dick Cheney here, but um, got like. The things that you see on how he became in politics and what you, you start feeling for him and then you start going through everything that he did. And he had an agenda and he, you know, used that power the best he could to, to make it happen. So it's a very interesting portrayal. They're very honest. Adam McKay is is very forthcoming of what he could fact check and what he couldn't. There's a lot of meta stuff that goes on in there, which is interesting. Of, of a lot of the um, bigger Oscar-bait films, this is the one that really made me feel like, okay, um, this might actually contend somewhere. Um, at least on the acting category, because Christian Bell just... You know, Christian
0: Bell definitely, yeah.
2: yeah so um, I just, if you don't know anything about that era, um, the 2000s, 2008, or you weren't maybe, you know, you're just too young, <laughs> maybe, to <so laughs> you hear that, this will give you a really good insight about what was going on in America during that time and what's kind of led towards what the uh, current political uh, environment is as well.
1: Uh, I uh, agree, Nabil. And this actually is my second honorable mention, which is why I waited to speak until Nabil brought it up because he had it ranked technically higher. So, uh, yeah, I think that this movie, and I know I keep calling all my movies a must-watch, but this movie is definitely something that I think people should watch. And, yeah, you learn a lot about Dick Cheney. And although uh, Adam McVay, McKay took... Not McVay. <laughs> that's a bad name. Um took liberties as far as what was factual and what wasn't. I think they still do present plenty of facts for people to like, come up with their own opinion. but it, it did make me at some points, yeah, respect Cheney and other points, think of him as a fucking asshole at the same time. It was just like this tug of war as far as like his decision making and what the what those decisions what the consequences of those decisions led to. But uh Amy Adams uh supporting role as Lynn Cheney, I thought was portrayed very well. You see their their dynamic as a married couple and also in the in the political world, and you get to see how well they they teamed up together in order to gain the power that that they were after. Sam Rockwell, I thought was great as yeah, George W. Awesome. Bush. He was fantastic, and he's actually one of, I'm a huge Sam Rockwell fan. So he's one of the things that drew me to the movie. And it was good to see how the dynamics of the vice presidency and the presidency changed because of uh, Dick Cheney and how he redefined the role of the vice president and how it changed forever now. Because obviously, we're in a different uh, political world now. But, um, I still think that uh, it was well done, well performed. Uh, and I agree that the transformation of Christian Bill and, and him and his methodolo- methodology worked great for this film. Like he was even It even carried through to uh, Amy Adams, who stayed in character throughout the entire filming as well. She even got into a political debate with the director in character, which is great. Yeah,
0: I enjoyed it. It was one of those movies I think it was mostly just because of the performance of it. I don't think it's going to hit too much else because it's with critics, especially it's fifty-fifty right now. Uh, I think it has some pacing issues, especially the last third of the film. It yeah. tends to slow down a bit too much for me, so that's why it did not make my list.
1: But um, I think it's worth it just to see Christian Bale alone. So, all right, so we're gonna jump into my number five because it's a movie that was an honorable mention for Nabil, and it was rated lower, or technically higher for me than it was for James, and that is Game Night. Tonight, we're taking game night up a notch. We don't need a board and we do not need pieces. We won't need any extra rudeness either.
0: Someone in this room is going to be taken.
1: Oh, it's a murder mystery party. Fun! Whoever finds the victim wins the grand prize. The keys to the stingray. Just the keys? No, Ryan, the whole car. The comedy slash action movie directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein It came out very early on in 2018, on February 23rd, and it stars Jason Bateman as Max, Rachel McAdams as Annie, and Kyle Chandler as Max's brother Brooks. And basically, the gist of the movie is a group of friends who meet regularly for game nights, find themselves entangled in a real-life mystery, when the shady brother of one of them is seemingly kidnapped by dangerous gangsters. This movie is hilarious and is definitely one of my all-time favorite comedies. I think the trailer doesn't really do it justice. I didn't necessarily go into this movie with low expectations, but just without really knowing what to expect, and it just blew my mind from the very beginning. I actually saw this with James and we, this is the only movie I watched twice in theaters this whole year, by the way. Really? Oh wow! I, so. Yeah, I, I know s- Marco
0: tends to see these things quite a few times. But yeah, like,
1: I, I see movies for me. Twice.
0: I I don't know. I guess I just I watch too much fucking movies. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time. I normally do not go back to see a movie twice because I tend to like to just keep taking in more and more new stuff. Yeah, but but this was a movie where I had seen it. And then I wanted to tell more people about it. And then I even watched it after... I
1: bought this movie, too. So I even saw it then. So I've seen the movie three or four times now. I actually just saw it recently, too. My mom hadn't seen it. And I was like, you got to watch this movie. And she had a blast watching it, too. Just all the jokes are very relevant and very witty and quick. And the story itself is actually pretty good. There's actually, like, a a really nice arc to it, to some of the characters. And (laughs) there's so many little subplots that get full circle as well that are just so hilarious and just keep you just riveted and just so engaged in the movie. But ultimately uh, didn't make past five because there were other movies that I felt were just a little bit different caliber and probably earned their spot more so than this movie. But if you haven't seen it, check it out.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, it was my honorable mention. This is one of the, I think it's the only already comedy that I have on here, but it, it was I watched it because of Marco and James having such a good time of it because um, I hadn't really intended to really having to watch it. And then um, when I started watching it, I just, from the get-go, started dying from, from comedy. It was so <laughs> funny. Um, J- J- and Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams in this film have, like, the best chemistry ever. They really man. do. Like, it's, they, co-
0: it's, like, convincible. To yeah,
2: they, they were. you could tell that they were having a good time and riffing off each other. Um, there's so many twists with the neighbor cop that was going on was, I thought it was hilarious <laughs> <Like> Matt Damon <laughs> yeah Matt Damon Dude, he's
0: he's fantastic even in Vice <laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> when I saw him there I was like my god he's everywhere this yeah.
2: <laughs> everywhere, every everywhere everywhere that Matt Damon can't be discount Matt Damon so there
0: they're like can we put him in instead they're like oh, he's cheaper
2: but definitely right? if you haven't seen this film you have to like it's it's so just funny and even though it's not necessarily for kids it's not if, if you let kids watch rated R films, this isn't the worst one you're going to let them see.
0: No, definitely not. I mean, there's... It's just a the language
2: probably. Is the eh, there's some able, and violence, a couple too. Things, but. but
0: I think in the last couple of years, game night has become more of a um, thing that we do. Yeah. And I think even in people our age, it's more common, since it's kind of a throwback to when we were kids. Yeah. As, I guess, is it kind of a retro thing now? Like, well, let's <laughs> have a game night, guys. Because people usually just play video games or... Just go out. I mean, it's nice to play board games once in a while. So yeah. I I immediately like the connection to this, regardless. And it's one of those movies. This was my number six, by the way. So it wasn't too far beyond um what Marcos was at Number five. Yeah. And I like I said, um uh, Nabil said, Jason Bateman's awesome in this movie. Yeah. So funny. It's his his type of comedy is very cool because it's kind of deadpan sometimes where it's he's just being a smart ass or really sarcastic and it works for me. And I think overall, this was my number one comedy of the year. For sure. I was like, sorry, Holmes and Watson. So, I mean, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is why this one
1: beat out Blockers. Yeah, this is why I I didn't have
0: Blockers on my list because I didn't want to. Once again, I try to do kind of a plethora of movies on these ones. And I thought this was just an overall better movie than Blockers. Although I did enjoy Blockers. Yeah. Ultimately, Game Night is a solid film that I think I will keep revisiting throughout the year so. All right, so we're gonna move on now because everyone else's numbers for these ones are a little bit higher up. So we're gonna get to number four now here, guys. So if you're, you're following along. We're all over the place. Also, just to let you know, I will have it written down on the description, our top 10 and on our mentions written out. So that will also help you out if you want to all use right. a guide to that, okay? So my number four was Creed Two. In the ring, you got rules. Outside, you got nothing life hits you with all these cheap shots people like me we live in the past
1: you got people that need you now
0: you got everything to lose this guy's got nothing to lose i ain't got
1: a choice that's the same thing your father said and he died right here in my hands listen to me this guy is dangerous
2: but you don't think i could beat him
0: so this is directed by stephen cable jr this released on November 21st. This stars Michael B. Jordan as Adonis Creed. Sylvester Stallone as Rocky Balboa. Florian Montagnu as Victor Drago. Basically, this is about Adonis F- Creed faces off against Victor Drago, the son of Ivan Drago. So, this movie was awesome. I oh, like this movie a lot. So, so I really like boxing films. Uh, recently, the Creed films have been really good. I really like Southpaw from a couple years back with Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm like a sucker for these movies, man, especially just because I like I Rocky, too. I the
2: fight, too, man. Yeah,
0: I thought the choreography in this one was great. I like the story of it all. I think Michael B. Jordan is becoming even a better actor through these as well. He really kind of um, channels kind of that inner struggle, too. Of it, it, These movies have had kind of this kind of um, story of not living in your father's shadow. Yeah, like Especially lineage. this one, yeah. And it's a movie where this one is very much something where he's trying to prove himself that he's not just uh, Apollo Creed's son, but he's his own person, which I think they did a lot in the first movie, too. But this one kind of just reinvigorates that one. And there's even a sub story, as we had talked about in our podcast for Creed Two, by the way, about Rocky and his own son. And as this is like uh, Stallone's last film as Rocky, I thought he does really well, too. And it's a movie that's very touching. it has some very has some really sad moments in it actually. It there's does, a couple yeah. times I was like, damn this is getting pretty deep. So it's not just an action film in a way, but it's also a drama. and I really appreciated that and everything kind of works together. I thought the pacing of the movie is incredibly well done too. and overall, I think it's a really it, if this was the last rocky movie or even the last Creed movie, I think it caps it off really well too. so
1: uh, I agree. And this was actually my number nine, which is why I'm going to talk about it now. But everything that James said was, was right. The, just the, the, the whole storyline, the fact that this movie touched on the, the subject of lineage, even not just for the protagonist, but the antagonist as well, too. You, you get to see a little bit more about where, uh, where the Dragos are coming from and what the consequences of Rocky IV did to their side of the family even down to the ending of the film how uh both both sides deal with the outcome of the, of the story i thought was very well handled and the uh the the drama in the movie as well because as much as there is action there there was some dramatic performances in it and i thought that they were they really well tugged on my heartstrings like james was saying because Man, just, now, any scene involving his daughter, I was like, oh, God. Yeah, those, man, those were rough, man. And even just watching Sylvester Stallone give it his all again as Rocky Balboa for the very last time was was just something incredible to watch in, in theaters. I would have I would have rated this movie a little bit higher, but um, there were other caliber movies that, I know it's a cliche that we're saying uh, for I, rating on I almost movies. have to say like my 10 through 10, Two can almost be interchangeable by the way same i just uh i i just have some other other movies that i feel like have a slider more importance this being a sports drama a very good one at that still the fact that it's in that genre and it's a sequel too so i thought that nah, maybe i shouldn't rate it too high but either way it's executed very well the performances is great james mentioned the the fight scenes I thought were way better in this one than they were in the first one i agree they, they, the fact that the actor that plays uh drago's son is an actual fighter helped with that and helped with the choreography and made the fights feel and look real i appreciated that too i'm a sucker for boxing movies as well too so that's another reason why this made it on my list but i i do hope that they make a sequel for it and maybe kind of truly bookend the series but Even if there's nothing after this, I think it's a great continuation uh, and slash probable ending for the series. So check it out if you haven't.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I didn't have it on my list. Um, I enjoyed the film a lot as well. Um, But there was, and I talked about it in the review, there were just some things that didn't work for me. I liked the original one way better than this one. And I I honestly thought there were some better cowboy films. Not that this isn't a great film, just wasn't um, one of my top films for the year. But for my number four, I actually put on here Black Panther. Hold up. Let's go, go.
0: Uh, we are home. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide. What kind of
1: king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze.
2: And that was directed by Ryan Coogler. Uh, came out February 16th, uh, starring Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, and Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, the synopsis, T'Challa, heir to the hidden but advanced kingdom of Wakanda, Wakanda forever, must step forward to lead his people into a, a new future and, and must confront <laughs> a challenger. From this country's past. This was great. James was talking about earlier seeing Game Night three, four times. I saw this film three times um, this year in the theaters each time. I've only um, seen it once. Yeah. It's, I need to watch it again. Now, it yeah. was fun each time. And each time I watched it, I liked it even more. The whole idea of Wakanda, the whole battle scenes that they had, the the, the story of Killmonger. You know, he had a little redemption story at, at the end, kind of, because you, you felt for him even though he's the bad guy. There there was just so many things in this film that worked better than I thought it was going to. I knew very little about Black Panther as a whole. It's probably the, the least ones that I know in the Marvel Universe. I got interested in him when I saw Civil War, um, but they, I didn't think they did much with that character. And I was like, oh, they, you know, spoiler alert, he lost his dad, so he's you know off for revenge. Or I this keep forgetting
0: one. this movie even came out this year, by the yeah. way. Yeah, or it came, it came year, out sorry. really
2: early in 2018, of course, in February. But after watching it, it just... and. It was amazing. The soundtrack was great. Um, it oh, yeah. Was, it really good soundtrack. It well. With soundtrack the film is fire. Too. Yeah. I mean, really. It was like every it, the whole thing just kept you hyped the whole time. Um, I, I can say a million things about this film,
1: but I can tell you that this was my top rated superhero film for the year. This movie was great. And it almost made my list. It almost made my honorable mention. It was tough to purge this movie, but unfortunately, another comic book movie beat it out surprisingly enough but i think that this is definitely one of marvel's best so far if not the best and i've seen it multiple times too even on uh on home streaming i've seen it multiple times because of how different it is than the other marvel movies the way it expands the the world of the mcu with wakanda everything you just said nabil was just like the reasons that why why i enjoyed it the performances were great the character development was great And of course, yeah, Killmonger was great and possibly one of the best MCU villains, albeit having a short life. Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) You know how uh, comic book movies like to bring back their bad guys, but we'll see. And I just, uh, I appreciated the story overall. And of course, yeah, you know, they gave a shout out to Oakland because, you know, Ron Coogler. So yeah, right. I appreciated that too. And did it have a biased decision on my part? Of course it did. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't take away the fact that the movie is great. It's powerful. It's entertaining. And one of my favorite comic book movies. Didn't make your list though, huh? No. It was, dude, it, between this one and the one that did make the cut is between those two movies. It was a tough decision. I got you. Uh, yeah, I liked it too. I Like I said, I keep forgetting it actually
0: came out last year because it's mm-hmm. almost damn near a year ago. Yeah. Good movie though. I liked it, but it was one of those films where when I was doing purges of stuff, I was like, I got rid of some stuff too. And I only wanted to do one superhero film on here, so I chose Game Night. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, that's why between the two, I had to kind of t- make a decision between them. And it was hard because up until the last moment, it was still on my top 10, so... All right, so we're going to move on now to our number three picks. So for my number three, I chose the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor?
2: A television program for children made its unauspicious debut on station WQED in Pittsburgh. Its host, Fred Rogers.
1: Mr. Rogers? Yeah. I want to tell you something. What would you like to tell? I like you. I like you, my dear. Thank you very much for telling me that
0: you take all of the elements that make good television and do the exact opposite, you have Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Low production values, simple set, unlikely star. Yet, it worked.
1: Hello.
2: I've always felt that I didn't need to put on a funny hat or jump through the hoop to
0: have a relationship with a child. So this is directed by Morgan Neville. This came out on June 29th of last year. Uh, it's an exploration of the life, lessons, and legacy of iconic children's television host, Fred Rogers. If you want to know more about it, check out our podcast that we did on that as well. So Nabil knows this directly. I don't really like documentaries too much. Yeah, I think they're really boring. I know they're on life, and I guess the only ones I really like are probably the ones that I'm interested in. Like about it's hard, eh, Not even that. I mean, or people I like, I guess, or the ocean. Strangely enough, Black, yeah. Blue, Blue Planet. <laughs> I, I mean, I really liked Blue Planet. So, I mean, maybe. Or Planet <laughs> Earth. Those are cool. So, that would be like visually stunning. But not always. I mean, it, it's hard to force a documentary on me. But this is one that we actually all saw a week or two earlier than it actually yeah. even came out. Yeah, and, we had a special screening. Yeah, special screening. We're the pals. <laughs> just for us. They were like, hey, Fred Rogers, family. So, no, I'm just kidding. We just had a hookup <laughs> on it. Um, This movie was great. Uh, we le- I learned a lot about Fred Rogers, and the show is something that, I mean, if you go back to our podcast, we talk about it, too, is I love that show growing up, man, and Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was something that I looked forward to watching. In retrospect, kind of creepy with the puppets like I talked about before. <laughs> I never liked those damn puppets or the voices he used, but now I, those. I understand like it was, it was all him doing that shit, so I was like, oh, I mean, okay, I'll let it slide. Uh, he's such a good guy. It was just really hard to see any kind of an issue. They do delve a little bit, bit into like how his it, it seems like his son probably had kind of an issue, one of them. Yeah. He's like, well my dad was Fred Rogers and Mr. Rogers. No one saw the real side of him. He had
2: to share his dad
1: with the world. Yeah, man. I think that had a lot with it. Put it's... the gun down, son.
0: <laughs> but I enjoyed it overall. I thought it was a good pacing. It was very touching. There's two or three scenes in there that got me a little teary-eyed. It just showed you how like legit of a nice guy Mr. Rogers was up until like his dying days he always thought of like children and such and seeing him go against like the congress and all this shit to get public funding done too is like really cool so yeah so for the first time i think in probably like five years i have a documentary on my top 10 so
2: and this was actually my uh, number seven and i agree with all that james the the big thing for me was that you didn't know, you knew the guy was a good guy, but you didn't know how good he was. Because you never know in these,
0: like, if they're going to
1: be like, but he had a dark side Right. Of and, and that's oh, not enough. He,
2: he genuinely killed a bu- uh,
1: <laughs> kid, killed. <laughs> Whoa, buddy. So many. It's, it's like you were waiting for while watching the movie. It's like, okay, what's going to be the exactly. big reveal? So, like, what did they find the blow in yeah. his trailer, right?
0: But
2: it wasn't. He, like, he genuinely cared. He was trying to improve public television, he was trying to improve uh, lives of kids. Um, he he was really just uh, a caring person who wanted to do the right thing. Even what when he like was right people thing.
0: made fun of him, he yeah. would be like, "I just didn't like how they did that," and he wouldn't make like a big deal out of it too. Like, and
2: oh, and all I mean, he he worked hard and was he was doing a new show episode ever every day. Since he
0: was in like his early twenties, basically. Yeah. He was going through yeah. each working. episode
2: of this, building on it, and you know, only retired when he absolutely
0: had no choice. Yeah, and they yeah. even brought him back during like the September 11th attacks right, to, make a social to social kind message.
1: of. Talk to kids on like what's going on, right. and it's. I mean, the, the I fact like, that oh. he, I like how it showed he realized that that TV as much as people th- talked about how bad TV was bad for you, he saw it as a tool for for positivity for good use. Yeah, and definitely. He utilized that to the max, and I appreciated that too. Um, I wanted this movie to make my list, but I forgot about it, so it didn't <laughs> make my list, and it was too late to change my list, so I just left it at that. Uh, but I really did want this movie to make my list. It's it's a really touching story about Fred Rogers. It kills the urban legend that he was this Vietnam. War I like vet. how they bring that up, yeah. by the way. So yeah, like, and it like, was he wouldn't kill a fly, dude. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was just a generally nice guy. He, there's no. He's everybody that worked with his guys he,
0: had nothing but good things to say. And they talked about all the behind the scenes stuff and they yep. joked. Yeah. Ar- he, I guess he joked around a lot too. Yeah. He revolutionized TV. Like we won't TV. tell you what he joked around about, but yeah. mm-hmm.
1: he revolutionized TV. He brought things in that weren't really in fashion or weren't really popular at the time and was just very accepting. He accepted his own mistakes and corrected them, which I appreciated that as well too. And, um, I think that it's uh, definitely a movie that'll make you cry if you have a heart, because I know I shed a couple of tears.
0: I mean, you made a peanut butter sandwich the other day, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Everything makes Marco cry now. Oh, the fuck are we talking about? So with that said, uh my number three is Spider Man into the Spider Verse.
0: My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love, then I saved the city again and again and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial, I get a Christmas album, and a so so popsicle.
1: But this isn't about me.
0: Not anymore. Spider Man swings in once a day, zip zaps up in his little mask, and answers to no one. I love you, Miles. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> You got to say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I want
1: to hear it. it. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. It was directed by a few directors, uh, Bob Persichetti, Peter Ramsey, and Ronnie Rothman. It came out fairly recent near the late of uh, near the late part of 2018 on December 14th. It stars uh, Shamik Moore as Miles Morales, Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker, and Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy. And, I mean, we have a whole podcast about it, but basically it's about the teen Miles Morales who becomes Spider-Man in his reality. He crosses paths with five counterparts from other dimensions to stop a threat of all realities, and that's just the plot. So, not to reiterate everything that we said on our Spider-Man podcast, but... This is by far my favorite comic book movie of the year and it's it was tough to to knock out Black Panther as my favorite comic book movie of the year because that one was also great but this this movie like we said it was the most comic book of its caliber because of the fact that it was animated but it was also a pleasant surprise for me because I went in with kind of low expectations. I don't think the trailer did this movie justice. And I know it's really hard to go by trailers because some some of them are shit and some of them trick you. But it's still great to see that this movie was actually fantastic. It, it The animation, the way the music flowed with the animation, the characters, the depth of the characters for an animated movie. I mentioned this in the pod, but it's, it's really hard to... To make someone care about animated characters, and when you do that, and you you accomplish it, I think it's it's very powerful, and it made people more aware of Miles Morales, who is of uh, mixed descent. He's uh, half Latino and half African American, and it it posed the. Uh, the question of can other people of different backgrounds take over for these iconic characters? And the answer is absolutely yes. And this movie showcases that. And I think it's something that is very pertinent and necessary in this day and age and made the movie even that much more powerful for me. So yeah, it's my uh, number three.
2: Yeah. And then I actually have that ranked as five, so it didn't beat out uh black Panther, but definitely one of my, uh, Almost favorite as Spider-Man film as we talked about the last time, um, it was just the animation was amazing. The uh, plot of ultimate, in, integrating the Ultimate Universe and talking about Miles Morales and um, just having the the different Spider-Man and woman and pig yes. there,
1: you know that that was all really cool. It Showing was... Gwen Stacy and I'm sorry right. to interrupt the bill, but I I wanted to mention her as well too. Was was also great to see that there's a like female Spider character in this right. universe as well too i thought her character was great because i barely knew anything about gwen stacy but
2: yeah. Yeah. no it was it's it was just really fun um overall and the the arc that they give miles Morales it's different from the other like just spider-man films in general because you are going through it with him like where he's just learning about his powers and then his circumstance about having to be able to use it and then you know what happens that becomes his turning point is his As they said in the film, it's his origin story. <laughs> We're watching it unfold. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting perspective that they give um, on that. And because it's, it's based off of the Ultimate Universe, a lot of the regular tropes that you're used to with the the regular Peter Parker uh, Spider-Man um, is kind of broken apart. It's not the same thing. And each character has, for the most part, some decent development. I mean, some yeah. people could have had a little bit more. But um, I think each character has has a good enough story for you to find some kind of relation with them as well.
0: Go. Yeah, this was my number five film, and this was my favorite. Uh, this is my favorite superhero film of the year too, and probably my favorite animated film. Now that I think about it, I haven't seen *The Incredibles* 2 yet, but I'm pretty sure it would be. Uh, this movie was really good too. Like I said, I agree with everything you guys are talking about. It. It had a really good mix of action too. It's literally a comic book come to life. Yeah. With panels coming off, you see the thought bubbles and t- the conversation pieces. Like I talked about during our podcast uh, on podcast number 37, uh, the Kingpin is a, like a monster in this one, like a gigantic wall of a man. Lee which, Schreiber did a great job. Yeah. Which, according to John from the Conkwik Shop, is based on an artist rendition of it, so that's pretty cool too. Overall, I really like Sheming Moore. I've liked him ever since I saw him in Dope. And this is just a really solid film. Plus, it came out with a really cool pair of Jordans. not so. <laughs> yes, it did. All right, so let's move on now to our number two picks here, guys, which we all will be talking about. My number two pick is the horror film, Hereditary.
1: It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you are a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear
2: I can feel Fair. them in the room. Oh my
0: God. What's that? This is directed by Ari Aster. This uh, this actually came out June eighth. I thought it came out earlier for some reason. I thought so too. No, no. It's yeah, so this uh, stars Tony Collette as Annie, Alex Wolf as Peter, and Millie Shapiro as Charlie. So a grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences. So I want to say we just mentioned this in a podcast that we had seen this all kind of separately. Yeah, we might have done an episode. Take a look back. I don't. I don't quite recall. This is one of the scariest movies I think I've seen in the last like five or six years, guys. Yeah, it
2: was, it was petrifying.
0: Um. So when we saw this movie. There were people actually talking in the theater, but we didn't mind, actually, because it was really creepy. Yeah, it kind of helped line the mood. so I was like, please just keep talking. Yeah. behind us. I don't mind. this,
1: This movie was my number four. And yeah, I saw it with James. It, it, it. Is and I, I mentioned this in a pod when we talked about it. It is what horror movies should be these days, yeah. That it is the epitome of what they should
2: th- be. Uh, this was my number three, and I can tell you based off of a lot of other horror films, this trailer tells you nothing about it.
1: The, the trailer,
0: first all. off, I have to say, too, is one of those things where they just show you like kind of random images mm-hmm. from the movie because they can't, I don't think they could show half of what they could show. Because they're like, it's too weird, sorry. Unlike other horror movies where they show you the, the whole They're like, movie. here's the whole plot, check it out. Here's uh, the spoiler, too. This is how you do a rated R f- horror film to the max, too. Yeah. There is an event in this movie, I want to say just halfway through, that shocked me. And I was right. literally like, this can't be happening, <laughs> right? Totally Wait, what
2: just happened?
0: I, I was literally like... That must be a dream sequence. <laughs> and then when you find out it's not, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's yeah. like... It's so and then scary. the imagery in this movie, I have to say, is horrific. They And show, it's, not,
2: it's not disgusting. It's just like you look at it's it... It's disturbing, like, though. Yeah,
0: yeah, disturbing. They show you shots of things and close-ups of stuff that just don't... Uh, it, it twists you the wrong way. It's yeah. like,
1: that's not right. It really makes you squirm. The, the The psychological horror of this movie is done great. It's akin to how the way they did... Uh, The Shining... With the way that the imagery is used and is, and is meant to really freak you out and give you a sense of being scared for n- no apparent reason, you're just you're legit scared in your. Oh, there's even right. little things that reminded me of the first Insidious movie where there's
0: scares like in the background that yeah. if you're not aware that it's happening, there's actually little things that are actually still going on while the characters are just talking or yeah. like walking through a hall, yeah. and it's
1: like this bitch needs to turn around, you know? <laughs> and th- do and they're done so well; they're not done in a matter that that don't. Give you the payoff that that they're supposed to do, and man, I jumped in my seat quite a few times. And it's really hard for horror movies to do that. As as you may or may not know, I judge horror movies very harshly, and yeah. I can't, yes. I couldn't stop praising this movie.
2: Yeah, it was great. Unfortunately,
1: yeah. I've only seen it once, and I want to see it again. This is definitely on top of my list of a movie I'd like to rewatch too.
0: Yeah,
2: I think I'm too scared to watch it again. I don't know if I want to go through that trauma.
0: I'm shocked because uh, Nabil. No, doesn't like horror films.
2: No, I don't. And I enjoyed this film. I, I do. This is probably to the highest rated one
0: thing. I've had in a while
1: for oh, horror definitely. film-wise for a top 10 film kind of. Yeah. And it's yeah. the reason why Halloween didn't really make my list because it was a choice between one of the other. As much as I liked Halloween, again, it was more like a sequel, whereas this is a little bit more original. Original story too, and which is and nice. It, yeah. it deserved credit because it, it really did. So, so moving on to my number two, uh, mine was Black Klansman.
0: Hello, this is Ron Stalworth calling.
1: Well, who am I speaking with? This is David Duke. Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That David Duke?
0: God, last time I checked, what can I do you for? Well, since you asked,
1: I hate blacks. I hate Jews, Mexicans and Irish, Italians and Chinese. But my mouth, to God's ears, I really hate those black rats. And anyone else, really, that doesn't have pure white Aryan blood running through their veins. I'm happy to be talking to a true white American. God bless white America. And it's a biographic crime drama directed by Spike Lee, and it came out August 10th. It stars John David Washington as Ron Stallworth, Adam Driver as Flip Zimmerman, and Laura Harrier as Patrice Dumas. So, the story is about Ron Stallworth, an African-American police officer from Colorado Springs, Colorado, who successfully manages to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan... With the help of a Jewish surrogate, who eventually becomes its leader, and this movie is actually based on the true events of Ron Stallworth and how he was able to infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan back in back in the day. Um, I think this movie was really well done and really great um it's it's only flaws that it's very lengthy but the pa- the pacing especially in the yeah, last the, half the I the, the pacing is not is is uh yeah it's a little off but i think that the overall story of the movie and the the messages portrayed i think are still relevant to today the way it it points out the the connections of racism and discrimination then versus now and how there are still some instances that relate to each other despite being separated by decades. Um, the performances were really great. John David Washington, who's the son is of Denzel Washington, I think does an excellent job as Ron Stallworth. I don't know much about the real person himself, but... Uh, I appreciated his portrayal of the character, uh, the the fact that he is pretty much a a nonstop force that has his his mind set on a goal. He's going to go for it, and I appreciated that. Uh, Adam Driver, it's uh, good to see him outside of a Star Wars movie, even though I've seen him in other movies before. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to see him play different characters. He was a little bit more uh, witty in this, a little bit comedic as well, too, and it's nice to see him play those types of roles. I think that uh, there's a lot of debate with the way the movie ends because it does blend in in a way. We we mentioned this in a podcast uh, earlier in the year or earlier in 2018. It has to a point three different endings. And the way I kind of see them is kind of more like a Hollywood ending, a realistic ending, and then the realities of how things truly end in the world. And I mean, to some people it didn't work, but to me it did. And to me, I think it made the message of the movie that much more powerful, uh, which is why it made my my number two. I think it's a must watch, especially with uh, today and age. It's it's one of those movies that I think is going to age in time and, and ha- be kind of like a self-reflection of our times in these days. Similar to the way that Vietnam movies in the late 70s and early 80s reflected that time period in that era. I think it's going to eventually turn into that type of movie. So, yeah, I I enjoyed it overall.
0: I saw it with you. We talked about this with our um, review with my brother, John. So this is one of those movies that we talked about. We didn't review it, review it, though. Um, I I enjoyed it overall, too. Like I said, though, the pacing of it is what kind of killed it for me near the end, especially the last 40 minutes. It kind of drags. It's kind of one of those movies that Spike Lee, this is definitely his best film in the last 10, 12 years. And Spike Lee is the type of director that definitely likes to drill it in you what the message is and for me it's like fuck dude I get it but for this one he he used it I mean it's not, it's not bad though but it's just something for me it just was kind of overblown near the end so. so for my number two I have A Star is Born
2: you know man in the old days I always knew like you were gonna do something that you'd be alright
0: it's the first time I'm worried about you
1: Can I ask you a personal question?
2: Okay.
0: Tell me something, girl.
2: Do you write songs or anything?
0: I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable.
2: Why wouldn't you feel comfortable?
0: Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Hey. What? I just want to take another look at you.
2: And that was directed by Bradley Cooper, released on October 5th, starring Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, and Sam Elliott. A synopsis is a musician helps a young singer find fame, even as age and alcoholism sends his own career into a downward spiral. And man, did I cry. Like, these guys make fun of me crying a lot in it. movies. <laughs> this movie... I teared up a lot. There were tears. I couldn't hold it. It
1: was...
0: I Well, once on again, we, we did this time. on a podcast, too. Yes, this dude. is my number 10. It's Marco's number 10 as yeah, well. But,
1: but, Nabil, you started crying at the opening credits, though. <laughs> no, no, it was during
0: I, the no. previews of the <laughs> film. It's <Every laughs> like, that new know, Kevin Hart, get Hart get b- film looks <laughs> real good.
2: <laughs> it was it was just very emotional. Um, It was way better than I thought it was going to be. Like It looked interesting, and I really wanted to see it. But when I finally did watch it, it just... I knew, for some I knew, reason really touched a nerve. I don't know why, but why didn't
0: you mention this during our podcast on it? Because <laughs> <laughs> of being been surrounded by uh, guys who are going to take this. I was this lying. <sighs> Jeez, no, you know. we did a podcast on it once again. Look back on that. I agree with Nabil. It's very touching. Like we talked about in the podcast, the um the chemistry between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga was incredibly well yeah, done. It really it's very it. believable that she loves this dude. And for me, though, it's rated number 10, because for me, repeat viewings of this movie will be very hard. Yes. Because, like I said, I can't even really listen to the music, and they're, like, top 20 kind of things right now, because it reminds me of the movie, and it kind of puts me in, a, like, a bad mood. But that's and like, why Ugh. it
2: actually ranks me so high for me, because every time I hear or think about anything about that film it just starts bringing back memories and I'm like oh my god I don't want to see this again because the N- N- bill
1: wants to remember that he knows how to feel so <laughs> he's like no emotions? I I, uh, I rated number 10 because of the fact that it's like the Third remake of this movie. It's easy. To the best, though. Yeah, best it's, it's definitely the best one, obviously. And it's a good movie. It's Bradley Cooper's first directorial debut. So I uh, appreciated that, too. Solid but,
0: uh, directorial debut, by the way. Oh,
1: yeah. He did great. Even uh, David Villeneuve praised this movie as well. Oh, nice. Which I thought was a really like, honorable thing. Uh, yeah, I agree that the, the chemistry between Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga was great. W- watching um, Rocket Raccoon sing, I think, was also awesome. Sorry, <laughs> Bradley Cooper voices Roger got a anyway. good voice? But uh, I, I I like any movies that have to do well, almost any movie that has to do with music, and I think the approach of this movie was very well. the The live scenes of them or the live performances, I think were done were in, handled very well. Uh, when you see Bradley Cooper sing just by himself in a room, versus just kind of showcasing at an empty stage and then doing a full blown show. The way that they capture each one of those those moments from like a musician's point of view, I think is is really well done. The fact that it it handles the different types of musicians, where Bradley Cooper's character was more like old school, Lady Gaga was more kind of like the modern take take of uh, of a music artist. I think that that was well handled pretty well. And yeah, it's a tragic story, and it'll probably make you sad at the end, but I don't think that. Takes away from me giving it repeat views. I've seen this movie already like three or four times, mm. and I'm probably gonna watch it again too because I just think that it's very well done.
2: Yeah, it was a great film.
1: So let's move on to our final ones here, guys, our number one picks.
0: So my number one pick of 2018 was the film Blind Spotting.
1: What is this? Oh, oh. hey, hey, I, I would like to get out. Look
0: at this.
2: I'm better one in the glove, though. Yeah I, yeah. I
1: ain't trying to go back to jail. $200 let me Collins. out. Not Collins' gun. Very nice. Oh, I just got an Uber pickup. You got it. Is this an Uber?
0: Hell,
2: yeah. Tell him, slow down. No, you can't catch me. I'm too fast on the gas. Don't chase me. Put him up like this, you got him.
0: I'm a tough guy. I'm a tough guy.
2: Do me a favor. I got three days left on this probation. When you got that gun on you, just don't tell me about it. Plausible deniability.
1: Oh, do you mean this gun? Get out. (laughs) Good night, Colin.
0: So this was directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada. This came out July 27th of last year. This stars David Diggs as Colin, Rafael Casal as Miles, and Janita Gavanker as Val. So this movie's while on probation, a man begins to reevaluate his friendship with his volatile best friend. So, I mean, I think I called this out that this might be my number one film kind of early on when I first saw this. And I think, although some films got pretty close to it, this has always kind of been the one that I've really enjoyed. I've seen it a couple times now, and I even purchased it. So the reason why I like this, as I talked about previously on Pods, Is that first off, it takes place in Oakland, so it's kind of a local thing. Like I said before, I'm not from Oakland, but I've been around Oakland plenty of times. I like the kind of Bay Area slang they use. I really enjoy the story that it brings about as well. Much like Black Klansmen, it does bring up a lot of issues. This one definitely deals with like gentrification of the area itself and how things are changing. Uh, it still does go over a lot about race and how certain people are viewed in certain ways, even though that is totally not correct. It goes over police brutality. It has a lot of things that are very much current today as well. I really like the two main characters, Colin and Miles. I thought that their relationship together and their chemistry was excellent. It was really funny, too. There's a lot of funny moments in this one, there's a lot of dramatic moments. And for an indie film, it's, I'm surprised most indie films don't make my number one list. It's usually a bigger film, but this was a surprise, and I really enjoyed it. So
1: I agree with everything you said, James. And this is also my number one film. And I went to go see this movie because James kept praising it and talking about it. Even though I was already planning on seeing it because I saw the trailer and I thought this was interesting, eventually... James praising it as much as he did convinced <laughs> me to finally I did hide Yeah, right? just find a movie theater that played it because it wasn't playing near me, so I had to come out to um Concord Pleasant Hill area to come see it. But I'm glad I did, and I'm glad I caught it in theaters because it is a very powerful movie, something that's relevant to today, specifically in our area, like James is saying, it takes place in the Oakland Bay area. I appreciated the fact that it put us on the map, so to speak.
0: A lot of Bay Area films. We were talking about this before. Um, Sorry to Bother You was another film that takes place in the Bay Area, too.
1: Yeah, which almost made my list, but... It, N- if it, not for that last third of that movie. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Yeah, which I appreciate the message, especially after reading up on it, but it, it no. just... It wasn't... <laughs> I know. I, I still appreciate I think it's a good movie still, it's, but I don't think that it... it. Shout earned, out to our friend Randy, who's in one of the scenes as yes, well. Yes, yes. Even that didn't save the film for us. Jeez. But the, the, whole, the whole thing about the consequences of gentrification... In, in the Bay Area and the fact that uh, privilege also has to do with something specifically white privilege. When you see the consequences to Colin versus the consequences to Miles and the way they do it in a smart way, in a subtle way where y- you wouldn't have really noticed that that's what the scene or the movie is showing you until there's an argument later on about it the The way that these two characters can easily flow like two friends that can at one point disagree and be arguing, and the next minute joking and uh, talking shit to each other. It's very realistic. I mean, yeah, seems- ab- absolutely. But I also enjoyed the blend of uh, music in this with the dialogue. The way that David Diggs' character Colin. Uh, does rap prose and intertwines it with dialogue into the script, I think was so really it's like cool. A, like
0: a poetry slam in a way. Yeah.
1: Too. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that also added some different flair to the movie and made it stand out compared to all these other films that, that I've seen. It definitely made the number one hands down. I didn't I couldn't really see any other movie mm, except for maybe one make the number one list. But Um, It was one of those ones where I left the theater and I was just like profoundly like, man, that was a
0: fucking great movie.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, like, even James mentioned it, his 10 through 2 could be interchanged and could switch spots depending on how he's feeling. That's how I feel about my 10 through 2 also. But ultimately, blind spotting would end up being my number one. It's a must watch.
2: So, um, we obviously all saw a lot of different tastes this year as far as films are concerned. Um, I didn't see blind spotting, unfortunately. So, Um, I'm sure I would have felt the same way if I, I did so my number one is actually Mission Impossible Fallout
0: your mission should you choose to accept it I wonder did you ever choose not to the end you always feared is coming And the blood will be
1: on your hands. The fallout of all your good intentions.
2: And that was directed by Christopher McQuarrie. It came out on July 27th. Starring Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill, Ving Rhames. Um, And it's about Ethan Hunt and his IMF team, along with some of his familiar allies, race against the time after a mission goes wrong. Um, And as I've kept saying in this pod the whole time, is that 2018 was just really fun. Like Mission Impossible was the definition of what fun was for the year. It, it, watching it, I enjoyed every moment of it. I, I, we, we went on. I, I think part of it might have been because we binged through the first. We also did a gigantic podcast
0: on this one. This was the start of our first, um, sorry, first marathon actually, which is kind of cool. And we watched all of them, damn near back. I mean, Nabil literally watched them back back to back back. back. He watched them faster than any of us.
2: And I enjoyed every single one of them. And then when I finally got out to Fallout, it just like was the apex for me.
0: It was a cool payoff, too.
2: It really was. Um, and they all kind of tied in really well together. I think just the stunts were bigger. The the Henry Cavill was surprisingly amazing in this film. Um, Spoiler alert, if I mean,
0: if you don't, great villain great, for once. Yeah, he was a yeah. great villain. Sometimes, so. as we talked about in that podcast, the Mission Impossible films have had kind of weaker villains. Yeah. But Henry Cavill's character as Walker was really well done.
2: He, he was great in this movie. Um, very menacing. You d- you didn't really get his motivations at first, and then you kind of go through it. You didn't even know what side he was on throughout the whole film. Itself. It's almost kind of flip-floppy. Yeah. Huh, I wonder. So um, I just I just enjoyed watching it. I, unfortunately, I think only got a chance to see it once. Um, and sometimes I think if I watch it again, I might not feel as good as I did about it. But um, I, I really just loved everything about it. And it was the first film... Of the year that I left, and I just was, I had nothing bad to say about it. Like, I just enjoyed the whole thing.
0: It was hard to say it, because for me, this is my number eight film. Yeah. So, this is, like we talked about during the podcast, I think this is my favorite one, actually. Once again, it's a tie-up between a couple of them, because they're... A right. lot of them from three going forward are really solid. This one has plenty of action. The stunts are absolutely insane. They do a halo jump for fuck's sake. They do, yeah. Just, and it's Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise actually, <laughs> yeah. he, he did yeah, actually like, train for He's like, just to let you know. And then he actually piloted the helicopter. Right. It's like, dude, what the hell is Tom Cruise doing? <laughs> uh, it's a long movie too. I recently rewatched it, but I thought the pacing was still really well done. So I, I don't think you should have a fear of rewatching this one, Nabil. Um... I like that it ties in even some older plot points, even from the third movie, Yeah, which I didn't think we are going to touch up on again, but then they bring back some characters that are like, I was like, man, I didn't think they would ever bring them back. And um, it's really cool. I mean, it's a good payoff, because once again, just like the Marvel films with 10 years, this is something that's been going on for 21
1: years now. Yeah, it's incredible. So, yeah. And this is what, the sixth or seventh movie at this point? Right. This movie was my number six, and I agree with everything these guys said. I mentioned this in an earlier pod that this movie defined a summer blockbuster for me. It brought me back to the days when I was a kid in the early 90s and looked forward to those Terminator-type movies, uh, True Lies-type movies, and it made summer fun. Because, I mean, I even mentioned this, that we look forward to comic book movies versus traditional action movies, and this Mission Impossible Fallout changed that for me and brought it back to form, and I appreciated that. The cinematography in this movie was fucking oh, incredible. It's just so great. Uh, there's one scene where Ethan Hawke, it reverts back to how Ethan... Ethan Couch, Hunt, ca- Ethan ca- Hunt. Sorry, god damn I keep calling Ethan it. By the way, Marco <laughs> did this during the podcast too. I was like, let me jump on it now. Let yeah. me jump on it now. Ethan Hunt calculates things in his mind, and you see things play out, and it's something that they call back to from the first movie, and they do it much better in this one. And it plays out so well. It's filmed so great. Uh, the The jump scene was great. The helicopter action scene was great. The fighting scenes were the incredible. Bathroom scene oh, yeah, the bathroom scene is, is yeah. hands down one of. The, and they talk about violent, by the way. Right.
0: Somebody dies, and it's just like you see a puddle
1: of blood. Like, I don't think they would have shown that (laughs) in other ones. I'm like, good god, dude. Yeah, you know what? And it brings back cool motorcycle scenes because obviously the second one fucking ruined that. Well, I don't, debatable. (laughs) Nobody jumped on the side and just started walking. Started like skateboarding (laughs) or skidding on the side of the fucking for no reason. I'm like,
0: he's a bigger target now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, ridiculous. They do
0: callbacks too. I mean, for the second movie, they even show that like. When he goes over the edge, like the payoff, because we had just seen his... Uh, I was like, yeah. Yeah. in my head, I was like, it's okay. Ethan knows how to uh, mountain climb. And guess what? He <laughs> yeah. yeah. mountain climbs it up finally, that They
1: He finally used it. And it does... It really does call back and makes everything full circle in this movie. Right. Doing the marathon absolutely was worth it. It was fun. It was cool to talk about those. If you guys haven't heard that episode, give it a shot. Even if you're not a full fan of the series, I think it's fully it's worth enjoyable. It. Yeah, it's a yeah, one, too. 100%. And you never know. Maybe it'll convince you to actually... You know, watch the series, but it it was just great, and it made my number six obviously because I saw other movies that you know deserve to be in a higher spot. But two through ten could be interchangeable, so you know, in, in some cases, this could be my number two. But I I'd say it's a must watch also as far as far as action action movies go. So check it out. All right, guys. So that is our top ten
0: films of 2018. Once again, we will have a list on the descriptions there because I know that. Going out of place, just it, it makes the flow of it just go a little better this way. Um, before we go, though, I want to ask you guys, we've talked about our best films of 2018. What was the absolute worst film of 2018 to you guys? Starting with you, Nabil. Well,
2: my worst film, there were, there were quite a few bad gems out there, for sure. Um, but for me, and I think it's more just disappointment than it is bad film, is uh, Holmes and Watson, the one uh, that came out... Just at the end of the year, Christmas time with Wolf Ferrell and John C. Riley, and at one point, Ralph Fiennes. I guess he's got enough, big enough credit to be important in this film because he really doesn't have much screen time.
0: That um, you recall? Yeah,
2: that I was can he even
1: <laughs> in that movie.
2: <laughs> I I fell asleep through part of the film, um, but not. It's not even that the parts that I did watch. The funny parts were in the trailer, and that's what it got me. Then when you actually see them fully play out. I don't know if it's the trailer that looted it for me, but it wasn't as funny in the theater. Um, the jokes were flat. The, the, what, whatever they were trying to do it did not pay off. Um, they, I think they were trying to bring back some of the uh, stepbrother magic, but that was not here at all. Um, I didn't find any of the characters endearing. I found Wolf Ferrell really annoying a lot of the time. And I usually, I actually like a lot of his films, so I, I, that's not usually the case. Uh, John C. Reilly was good with what he was doing, but um, their chemistry in this film just wasn't there. It's pretty phoned in. Yeah, yeah. It, it just wasn't.
0: I mean, I laughed a lot during it. I didn't think it was as bad as you're saying it is. No. But once again, it's definitely not a good movie. No. Yeah,
1: I didn't think it was... Too? I mean, it was great, but I mean, I thought it was fun. Like, I'd least. probably never watch it
0: again, kind of thing.
1: Like, okay. yeah, I've, I've seen it. I laughed more than I thought I would.
0: Marco I'll definitely laughed a lot. Marco <laughs> did it.
1: laugh at a couple. Marco
0: scenes. was only laughing at one point in the entire theater. I was like, damn, very, he's very really true. enjoying himself. And some of the, so, hey, you know <laughs> what? That one scene was really funny. The, if, so. I mean, the mentions of the assistant to the doctor. I know, like, only two people listening will probably understand what we're talking about. Were genuinely funny, actually, because they didn't show that in the, the trailer about how she's kind of. Like slow, I guess. Yeah. Quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. to, I mean, uh, <laughs> but
1: yeah. Uh, what about you, Marco? Uh, for me, I had a top three list of uh, worst films. At I had one eight. Point. I had eight movies on my Jeez. top worst ones. So uh, you know what? Yeah, I guess I could have gone that high, but I really thought about the ones that made an impression on me. They all finally, did. finally, it came down. You know, Venom almost made that list. I'm just telling you right now. Once again, can't can't comment on it. Me no. and the Bill, no, kind of snuggled a little bit during mm-hmm. that one. T- talk mm-hmm. talk to me after you see that movie. Uh but, yeah, uh, I'm gonna rewatch it. So. But it came down to one of the first movies we saw of twenty eighteen. I'd say it's a, our third podcast. It was Winchester. Of the year. Year. Yeah, it was Winchester. Yeah, oh, yeah. The uh the horror movie directed by uh, Michael Spierig. It was and a it came a what, out. A what foot movie? A horror movie. I thought it was a dumpster fire movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, that's <right. laughs> it was that movie was fucking trash. I don't think it was scary one fucking scene, no, dude. They tried to be. I can't it. I can't believe I saw this movie. Or we saw it because truthfully, guys, we like to actually when
0: we have a certain amount of movies in a row, we tend to try to do a different genre just so that once again, we're not doing a ton of I mean, but we had done a top 10. I remember we did The Post, which was boring as hell, but a good movie. And then we were like, let's mix it up. So, I mean, it almost was Winchester. And there's always a time between January to March where there's like a kind
1: of a drought of decent movies to watch. So that's why we chose Winchester. Which it didn't look too bad in the trailers. I knew it was going to be bad, but I didn't know it was going to be that bad. Oh, it was. I bad. I was just hmm. just horrified at just how crappy this movie was. I wanted to leave at some points. It was bad. Like, I no, think I, t- bad. I, t- I think I told James I was like I I want to leave. <laughs> I I didn't, I didn't know I could stay. I was like we're reviewing this. Yeah, it was <laughs> just so bad. I I can't. This was during the uh, heyday of Movie Pass though. So oh, yeah,
0: so we got to see. Yeah, free, uh, we saw it for free nice.
1: at least. Yeah, very true. <laughs> So, yeah, don't don't see this movie. It's very bad. Um, if you want to know any more about it, check out that podcast. Yeah, please. We fucking trashed that movie. But I got to say, that's the one that had the worst taste in my mouth. So uh, My movie, I think most people
0: would actually know because I feel like I've, this has been a rant I've been talking about since fucking June. Uh, Ocean's 8 was yeah. the worst movie of the year for me. <laughs> I thought this was an absolute train wreck, dude. I don't think it helped that I actually marathoned the first three Oceans movies before it too because I wanted to see Oceans 11, 12, and 13 because once again, I had told Nabil back in the day that I didn't particularly like 12 or, I mean, 13 was eh, but rewatching those now, I had a better appreciation for them. Especially, I think watching those back to back is actually not bad because they're really good together. Because you kind of get a taste of it. I still think Ocean's Eleven hands down is the best one. The best. It has really good chemistry. That uh, everything I just said. Take the opposite of that, and that's Ocean's Eight. Yeah. So it was pretty bad. Terrible plot. The plot. The heist itself is laughable. There is no chemistry between the people. Aquafina is in this movie, actually. So this is the first time, technically, we saw her before Crazy Rich Asians. We're well, remembering, which I guess is nice that she makes more of a memorable kind of. She's more memorable in Crazy Rich Asians, yeah. I'm assuming, which is cool because I've actually heard she is really funny. I mean, everybody's unlikable in no, this, fucking and they movie. didn't even need
1: all eight of them for this. I mean, really, no. three we or we four talked of about, about it one. because I went
0: two people. Yeah, it would have
1: been fine. And I just, I just want to say, I'm glad that uh, Sandra Bullock and Sarah Paulson eventually did bir- were in Bird Box, and they were incredible in that movie, which is great because they totally phoned it in for Ocean's. Yeah, 8.
0: Sandra Bullock, I don't know what the hell she's doing in this. movie. I think
2: movie. she was trying to be Danny Ocean, but just, she's Debbie Ocean. She, yeah, and she should have stayed home. Or she should have been prison. her own person.
0: It was really bad. They tried to make a connection to the previous ones. It doesn't work. No. They introduced an inspector at the end that makes no goddamn sense, plays, played by James Corden. Yeah. It comes uh, out of nowhere and should have been introduced. Once again, we've talked yeah, about anyway. this, too, in a previous pod. So It was bad. I believe we reviewed this one, didn't we? We did. Holy crap. Look back on that one, guys. <laughs> yeah.
1: This movie's was bad.
0: Yeah. So, I was... I mean, not only just the worst film for me, but the most probably the most disappointing, because I was actually... I mean, truthfully, even with the trailers, I think I told you guys, I was like, I don't know about this, but I said, I'll give it a try because I had just seen the films. And then after that, I was like, man, I got to act like that. didn't come out. (laughs) Okay. So what last question before we ended here, guys, what's your most anticipated film now of 2019? Once again, we will still have a topic where we will go over our most anticipated top kind of films for spring, summer, et cetera. But what about for just the year in general? What's the number one film you're looking forward to, Nabil? Well, uh,
2: should put and no one at surprise. Um, I've talked about this show many times and uh, nobody seems to want to watch it. Nobody knows why because it's a great show. Uh, But they're making a Downton Abbey movie this year. Let me wake up Marco real quick. (laughs) Okay, thanks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's supposed to be coming out Is it like September. the end to it all
2: Yeah they're gonna So I mean they ended the series pretty solidly So I have no idea what this movie's gonna be it, about does it,
0: Is it like a prequel is it like No a, no it's
2: supposed to be after the fact Oh okay
0: um, Is this the one George Clooney's in
2: <laughs> George Clooney was supposed to be in it Supposed I mean okay. Nabil was know. very okay. adamant
0: okay. at one point Telling me that George Clooney was gonna yeah, be in geez. one of the seasons Apparently okay. he never. Nabil What's the real
1: one you're looking forward to <laughs>
2: This is it This is gonna be great uh, no matter what oh, they do cool with though. it, it's going to be... And that's an extremely movie. popular show. So, yeah. I, mean, it's I actually
1: hear really good things about uh, Downtown Abbey. I've
2: got every single season on Blu-ray here, so if you guys ever want to watch it, be my guest. No,
1: nah, you can
0: keep them there, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe, I don't know. How many seasons is it? Five?
0: It's six, I think. Holy <laughs> shit.
1: I mean... I mean, we gotta we sure. gotta finish uh, one other show that we'll bring up. In I gotta episode. watch The Wire first, man. I mean, <laughs> dude, you you have to. I know. Uh, what about you, Marco? Twenty nineteen. You know, this is actually the first time that this genre will be a, mo- uh, a type of genre that I'm excited for for next year. I'm excited for it. Chapter two, a horror movie. Look oh, at yeah. that. Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> we reviewed the first one with
0: the one of our earlier episodes actually where we. Yeah. Reviewed the original TV show, TV special, yeah. and it, if you want to throw back. I think that's back when we only used two mics back in the day. Um, and I'm, I'm just. Yeah, that's no, good. I'm they, really you know excited about it. They haven't they showed much it. of it, that's why. Yeah. No, they haven't. Which but is good.
1: The, the fact that they did a really good job with the first one, the fact that they kept the tone of the book, and it was a little bit more akin the, to. The, the scene, casting for this one, just the announcements. It looks great. Sound good. Right. It looks great. And uh, again, the original TV movie didn't do the adult aspect of the story justice, so that's what I'm looking forward to in this movie. Because if you're not familiar with it, it's pretty much split into two stories where the characters are kids, and then when they're adults. And, and I have how read they the deal with each one. I have
0: read the book now too. So how have you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Took months, but and I, I did. I'm it.
1: just, I'm just wondering how close to the book this this is going to be too so
0: i want to say part one did really well following the book for the most part there's a lot it omits obviously
1: yeah and they modernize it a little bit but it's still the the tone and the visuals are still very much akin yeah, to the I'm book looking i to appreciated it. that so I'm really looking yep, forward to it. can't wait for it so my uh movie that i'm looking forward to guys
0: i'm hoping is something that i i'm like proud of one day i'm looking forward to star wars episode nine Ooh, James um, rolling the dice his, here. His yeah. Star Wars I fandom mean, has really been his pride it's, I hurt. mean, let's get back on track, boys. Right? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> we got to get something going here. Come on, <laughs> JJ, save the day. JJ, I mean, Lando's in this one. It's already announced. Billy D. Williams is back. So I did not know that. Yes, yeah. Oh wow. He's the only new person announced. Kind of makes it a little scary. You know what? Maybe they'll kill him off too. Who knows? Uh, more than likely, uh, he's going to have a 15 second cameo. Right. He's gonna be talking through his ending. teeth. Hey guys. Hey, I'm Lando Calrissian. but uh i don't know i like billy d so let's see what it is i there's a rumor in the next three weeks we're gonna know the title and have a trailer so that would be awesome i wouldn't hold my breath so (laughs) probably gonna have to wait till april when they
1: do star wars celebration you know because i'm a star wars fan i'm i'm lightweight excited for that too i'm not gonna lie i'm curious to see how they're how they're gonna end the the series the main series that is I hope so, man. Because then they have the new trilogy from Ryan Johnson, and they
0: got the shows. So James is
2: looking forward to those trilogies. Ryan Johnson
0: (laughs) seems like a nice dude.
1: And plus, he I, he replied to my tweet, so I can't get mad at him. Oh her. yeah, dude, he made you famous for like a couple yeah, days. He's more Mark Hamill, but I mean, but, sure. No, but you <laughs> know what? I Ryan Johnson, I think, is a really good director. I appreciated his other films, and I I legit I even said this on the pod that I think that they would have given him his this trilogy from the get go, and he would have started his own original. That'd story. be probably more forgiving. It would have been too. great, and I think he's meant and made for that. I don't think he was the right director to continue the Skywalker saga. That's just you know my little two cents under that, but I'm I'm looking forward to his trilogy. Yeah, not gonna lie. All right, guys, so that is
0: the end of the pod. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for the likes, shares, and reviews. Keep it
1: coming, uh, Marco. How are they gonna reach us there? You guys can reach us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Movie Pod. Make sure you guys tweet at us, share us on Facebook, or share us on your stories on Instagram. We appreciate all the love and interactions we're having with you guys. We really appreciate it. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. And also thank you for venturing with us in this journey of Top 10 Films. We greatly appreciate it. We went down the rabbit hole and you guys joined us. Um, We love you for it. We are also still continuing our contest through the end of January. Again, you can win... Two original Funko Pop dolls, one of Aquaman and one of Mara. All you have to do is share and tag us on your Instagram story or on Twitter or Facebook. You can go ahead and do that right now. If you subscribe to us, we'll really love that as well too while you're sharing us. But please, share us on your Instagram, share us on your Twitter, share us on Facebook, and you will enter a chance to win these two original Funko Pop dolls. So we'll announce a winner at the end of the month.
0: Awesome. And just to uh, give you guys a heads up, next podcast will be our 40th podcast, podcast number 40. World. We will be reviewing the new film Glass. So stay tuned. Until then, this is James. And Marco. And Abiel. Have a good one.